Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Good morning. Good morning, podcasts. Yep. We've got the energy of, like, six-year-olds who just went for a very long run. It's a balmy summer's morning here. Uh, it's humid. It's hot. We're like relaxed reptiles lying on a nice hot rock. That's the energy we're bringing to today's record. We're lazy, we're languid, but we're also happy. Yeah, we are, if nothing else, uh... <laughs> we're like, to continue the six-year-old analogy here, we're like six-year-olds who've just gone for a run and we've, we've gotten into the brownies, right? But they're the wrong brownies. You know, they're the secret brownies that you're not meant to eat. I don't know if you should be uh, making, well, making even metaphorical six-year-olds high. Well, Probably not good for their metaphorical development. Well, look, that leads to the new plot point. How am I going to get out of this prison that I call being high? Well, Nick, the real prison, as we learned, is prison. <laughs> I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Recap and Discussion Podcast, where today we are recapping and discussing... God, it's warm. So warm. It's actually so insanely warm. So hot. <laughs> um, the 19th episode of Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo 2040, entitled Are You Experienced? Yeah, it was a weird font choice. Mm, highly stylized. It was like experience, but then D, like capital D. Like Vampire Hunter D. Oh man, Vampire Hunter. What a guy. What an absolute lad. You remember when he saved all those orphans? Remember when he killed Dracula? You remember when... He let that lady die because she wasn't worth any money. Man. Nope, I don't. Neither do I. <laughs> Good. All I know is everyone faints around him because he's so beautiful. Well, Nick, what I want to know what you know, actually, is... <laughs> okay. What do you know about the movie Heat? <laughs> what do I know 1995. about... 1995. Uh, is that the one uh, where... I think it's set in, like, Florida? Like, Miami... And it stars Miami Heat. No, no. Sports team. It stars, um, is it Sean Locke, maybe? Or or Sean Penn or someone. And it has that crazy shootout on the highway that everyone's like, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I know that's not who's in it. Uh, Is is it about a cop? Yes. Is it about... And a criminal. Yeah, a cop and a criminal. And the criminal keeps getting away. Nick. Yeah. Here's what... Hirohiko Araki has oh to say what? about Heat as part of Hirohiko Araki's super favourites, Rules of Movies, May 17, 2013. Tell me more. In my opinion, the pinnacle of manly tear-jerking suspense films <laughs> is Heat, 1995 USA. It's flawless, a masterpiece, and an absolute classic. No amount of praise can do it justice. Whenever I have free time, I watch it and cry. Time and time again. What? Sounds like I gotta watch Heat. Is, is Heat not like a balls to the wall action film? However, I feel that many people misunderstand Heat. Ah. When you mention Heat, it is known for the collaboration of two megastars, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Oh, that's who it is. Heat, not much like the very same Heat we're feeling in this room today. Yeah. Making okay. us sluggish and stupid and getting things wrong and only for that reason. <laughs> Look, there would be no other reason other than us sweating out the intelligence mm. for us getting anything incorrect. We're sweating out the wrong things through our mouths, leaving only the correct things in our brains. I was going to say that just emanates from our pores like sweat. 
When big names come together in a film, like in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. Okay, go know, on. Those two big names. Uh, Godzilla and Mechagodzilla 2. Or Alien vs. Predator, 2004 USA. I'm beginning to wonder if Hiroki Araki understands what is real and what is not Do you remember when De Niro fought Pacino in Heat, colon, De Niro vs. Pacino? (laughs) It was the greatest crossover of our time. Uh, There's an inevitable sense that the novelty of the pairing is the main draw, but Heat is different. It's a film that shouldn't be underestimated based on such superficial preconceptions. De Niro leads a group of professional criminals who commit a robbery, and the detective assigned to the case is Pacino. With limited clues, Pacino chases up after De Niro and his crew. Meanwhile, De Niro plans a bank heist as his last job before leaving the criminal world. Mm. But that's the general plot of Heat. Wait, is that it? No. Oh, okay. I just like that phrase, summarising the plot and saying, but, ellipses, that's the general plot. <laughs> Does he understand what is real? So we're going to end these episodes like, now. Full recap. But, but that's, that's the general, general plot, plot of Public Gun Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> I've written that professionalism is essential in manly tear-jerking suspense films. And Heat is the epitome of that. Wait, professionalism? Both the detective played by Pacino and the criminal played by De Niro are equally pro- pro- portrayed as professionals. Neither is shown as less capable than the other nor do they have obvious flaws when both are so skilled. The suspense builds around what will happen when they clash. The thrilling intensifies as the story progresses. Although I'm sceptical about manga that revolve around strength building, brackets, power creep, where a strong character is defeated only for an even stronger one to appear, I'm all for this kind of suspense building story. Huh, okay. Do you have a question? Um, why? Do you have a better question? No. Okay. <laughs> is there more? Or no, is that's that... it. What? Oh my god. You like suspense building stories. I guess it kind of makes sense in the in a way of like they're both professionals and they they come together and clash at some point in the movie. Yeah, that's what he says. But just like Dio Brando and Jonathan Joestar. Oh my god. Is is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure just heat retold in a different format? No. Mm, okay. Fair. Fair. Fucking what? So now we have heat. to watch Heat. Yeah, we've got to watch Heat. we got to watch it. To be fair, everyone says Heat is great. So I did find the full list of um, the the movies that I found these commentary for. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go through, I've decided to go through them in order over our next few episodes. Okay. Um, now, for some reason, the list is entitled Araki's 20 Best Suspense Thrill Films. Is there only like it 13? It seems broadly... Actually, there's 21. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it seems broadly appropriate, however, um, well, I mean, if you remember, one of these things is not like the other. Here's the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, numbered list. Starting from one and going down. Okay. Heat. The Great Escape. Taken. Mystic River. Wait, Taken is on there? Unforgiven. Psycho. Heaven Can Wait. Shrek. <laughs> Varco. <laughs> <laughs> You forgot, didn't you? Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Dirty Harry. Mm. The Born Identity. Mm. City of God. Duel. Eyes Wide Shut. Duel's such a good film. Duel. Mm. Stephen King? No, Duel. no. Um, Steven Spielberg. But Stephen King, too. What? Stephen King. Stephen Duel. King? No. The book. No. Yeah. What? We talked about this when we did Wheel of Fortune. Nick. Get out of here. Duel. Duel's the one about the truck driver. A very same duel that we are about to enter into. 
of facts and logic, <laughs> which we always adhere to every time. Oh no, you've destroyed me with facts well, and logic. Well, well, well. Steven Spielberg strikes again. It's back to the grinder with you, Liam. Based on the short story by Richard Matheson. I was the one who was wrong this time. Every single time. <laughs> I prevail and now my arrogance will be insufferable, sir. <laughs> uh, but I'll continue with that list. <laughs> <laughs> Just a... Mm, yes. Mm. Okay, so we're up to uh, Duel. Eyes Wide Shut. Mm -hmm. The Butterfly Effect. Master and Command of the Far Side of the World. The Butterfly Effect? Oceans are now battlefields. Ooh. Unfaithful. Mm -hmm. Frost Nixon. Mm -hmm. Bound. Bound. Don't know it. Witness. Reservoir Dogs. Oh, <gasps> Reservoir Dogs. So this was published uh, as a non-fiction book by Shoeisha and written by Hirohiko Araki. Uh, it's, the full book is entitled Hirohiko Araki's Rules of Movies, mm -hmm. in which Araki takes a closer look at multiple film, ver films of various genres theorising the conceptual framework behind each and recapturing them from a completely new perspective. The chapters are Chapter 1, Best of the Best, Heat and Taken. Chapter 2, uh, what? <laughs> the best of the best are Heat and Taken. Yep. That's the best. The best of the best. <laughs> okay. See, Hiroka Araki has a certain set of tastes. Okay. <laughs> All right, sure, keep going. Yep. Chapter two, a masterpiece is to make a grown man cry. Mm -hmm. Chapter three, masters of suspense. Mm. Chapter four, love affair, erotic suspense. Ooh. Chapter five, Eastwood is a genre. <laughs> to be fair, it kind of is. Chapter six, do not underestimate this film. <laughs> and chapter seven, a classic urban legend is necessary. Mm. So we'll get to those in due course. Yeah. We'll definitely talk about them. Maybe we'll even watch some of them. We've got to watch Heat now. And Taken. The two best of the Fuck. best. Fucking, I remember the first time I saw Taken, I was like, I'm immediately taken with this film. Ha! Yeah. Hiroki Araki has also released uh, Hiroki Araki's bizarre horror movie analysis. <gasps> and Hiroki Araki's manga techniques. Oh, screw that one. Get the horror movie yeah, analysis. Yeah, okay. Let's, I'm just going to see if there is a... A copy a on quick Amazon. list. Yes, there is Hiroki Araki's best 20 horror films. Oh. God, yes. And the uh, the cover of this is a spooky mashup of Rohan Kashipe and I want to say Giorno Giovanna or Dio Brando. Yeah, just some Araki as a creepy guy. vampire. Yes. Oh wow, this is actually there's a lot more um, comprehensive coverage of this book than the other one on the uh, JoJo wiki. Mm. People love horror films. Araki's best twenty horror films. Hit me with them. Zombie, seventy eight director's cut. Mm, okay. Jaws. Mm, mm, shark. Misery. Mm. Stephen King. Yeah, Stephen King. I am Legend. Okay, sure. The Ninth Gate. Don't know it. Yeah, I got no clue. Alien. Hey! Ring. TV hey! version. The TV version. Ring <laughs> of TV version. Not, okay, sure. Yeah. Maybe there's an alternate ending or something, I don't know. Who knows? The Mist. Actually, yeah, yeah. Stephen King? Yes, Stephen King. Best movie ending. Final Destination. Okay, yeah. You know Final Destination? Stephen King. Don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm, very wise. Deliverance. Ooh. Is that a horror movie? It's it's sort of a horror movie. Okay. Yeah, kind of. It's not very... See, a lot of people will rate it as like, oh, it's so scary because it's so real. And then you watch it and you're like, yeah, but it's not very good. Okay. Yeah. 
Shrek 2. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) However, I would absolutely (laughs) believe The Blob. Is The Blob from like the 30s? Oh, super old, I don't know what year. Yeah. 28 Days Later. Wise. Basket Case. Sure. Sleeping with the Enemy. Sure. No Country for Old Men. Is that a horror film? The Exorcist. That's a horror film. Funny Games, 07 US Remake. What? Funny Games, 07 US Remake. That doesn't sound like a horror film. Hostel. That's a horror film. Wrong Turn. Mm. There is also a complete list of films analysed in the uh, in the book here. Uh, Wait, but we just went through the films. No, those were his top 20 films. Oh. Oh. So, for instance, Chapter 1 is clearly about zombies because we're seeing here Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Zombie 2, Return of the Living Dead, right. Dead Alive, Shaun of the Dead, The Evil Dead, 28 Days Later, I Am Legend, 30 Days of Night, From Dusk Till Dawn, Wreck, Wreck 2, Zombie Land, and Land of the Dead. <gasps> Goddamn. But I'm not going to go through all 10 chapters. <laughs> but the next chapter, just as a taster, is clearly about like hillbilly horror. Yeah. yeah. We got hillbilly horror, we got your classic slashes. Yeah. We got. Um, Araki's a man of fine taste. He loves a good horror film. Stephen King, in general, I believe. In general? We got Carrie, Dressed to Kill, The Shining, Misery. Oh, okay. I'm kind of doing only connect here by just looking at uh, unrelated lists of uh, movies (laughs) and trying to figure out what they have in common. Uh, Sci-fi horror, ocean horror, (gasps) or animal horror, I think, because Mm. Jaws, Open Water, Deep Blue Sea, Link, Monkey Shines, and Arachnophobia. Uh, Monkey Shines, a classic. Um, Trap horror. Trap horror. Your saws, your final destinations. Ah, yes. A cube, a cube Mm. two, hypercube. But not the the bad cube that doesn't exist. Um, exactly, exactly. Don't know what the theme of this one is. Chapter 8, Funny Games, Who Can Kill a Child, The Forgotten, The Happening, The Sixth Sense, Drag Me to Hell. Weird twists, maybe? Maybe. Um, demons, demons and ghosts, mm-hmm. and uh, serial killer shit, Silence the Lambs, etc. Hell yeah. Those are the ten categories of horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, unironic side note. Me and some friends watch a lot Clive of Barker. Movies. We did watch all of Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. And also the other one where they got an evil wizard out of the desert, right? An evil Wishmaster wizard? or... Taskmaster? No. No. <laughs> um, do you mean Nightbreed? No. Like, was, didn't you tell me you're watching a Clive Barker movie where, like, in the past some people sealed an ancient sorcerer in the desert and then he got out? An ancient sorcerer in the... De- I'm pretty sure that's Nightbreed. Because the dude... So there's this evil wizard guy, they seal him up, and then he comes back later, okay, and the only one who can maybe stop Maybe it him, is that then. Yeah, the only one who can stop him is the Nightbreed, who, uh, well no, he's not the Nightbreed. The Nightbreed are like a bunch of monsters that are meant to be okay, humanized. We don't need to get bogged down early. Yeah, but the movie, um, the movie really fucks it up, let's put it that okay. way. Okay, Nick, should I read The Dark Tower? Um... Do you like metafiction? Well, I have been playing Alan Wake 2. Then yes, you definitely should. Okay. There's literally, as I understand it... I do know Stephen King is a character in this. Yeah, there's literally like he... I think no, he's no Alan Wake. No, well, Stephen got into... Me and Steve, as you know. Mm. First name basis. Stephen got into... Much like I'm on a first name basis with Al. Hmm. Um, He got into a car crash. Pacino. (laughs) Pacino. He got into a car crash at one point. Oh, this is the plot of Misery. No, no, no. This is the plot of, I think, the fourth book of The Dark Tower. Okay. Stephen King gets into a car crash and then starts writing about that if he dies in the car crash, The Dark Tower never gets finished. Ah, I see. So, like... So, they have to prevent this car crash from killing him? Or something like that. Where it's like, he then becomes a major character 
or something, mm-hmm. whereby if he were to die, the Dark Tower would never be finished. But also if the Dark Tower never got finished, then Stephen King would die or something like that. But like also on a, on a like creative level. Like I don't know this for sure because I haven't read it. But doesn't like the whole series end in a time loop yes. or something anyway? Yeah, so it's like he get it's like spoilers for the Dark Tower. So Stephen King died. No, no, Stephen King becomes a big head in the sky and he's all like reached this tower. He reaches the tower and then he gets to the top. And then when he gets to the top, he sees the enemy that he's after. And then it's the same sentence that it starts with, with he's walking that way towards the tower. I'm sure it was better than that. No, I'm pretty sure it's literally like, yep, so we're at the tower. I found my guy. And then they're like, everything goes white or something. And then they emerge and he's like, he's leaving. He's going that way. I have to follow him to the tower. Stephen King, this guy ain't. Mm. (laughs) Okay, Nick. Are you experienced? Are you experienced? Are you experienced? Is a song by Jimi Hendrix. Ooh! What do you know about Jimi Hendrix, Nikki? Hendrix could. Um, hmm. Jimi Hendrix is an insane guitarist because uh, our mutual friend, Dom, who I was in a band friend with. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, I was in a band with him. He describes Jimi Hendrix as being fucking crazy for being better than every guitarist who has to stop singing when they're playing a solo. Whereas Jimi Hendrix will just continue singing while playing his solos. I see. Um, he's crazy. He he was like... Oh. oh, I'm so sorry, Nick. I have to deflate us. <gasps> no. I think. Don't take us away from Jimi. Because it's by the Jimi Hendrix experience. Oh. Isn't that Jimi Hendrix? I don't know. It sounds like the name, like, I think the Beach Boys experience is... uh, (laughs) The the cover band. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure the Jimi Hendrix experience was just Jimi Hendrix's band. Oh, okay. I think. I think it was. Oh, yeah. Hendrix is involved. Fact check. Because, like, he couldn't just be Jimi Hendrix. So he was like, what about the Jimi Hendrix experience? And they were like, this guy fucks. So... He said he was asking for something spooky. (laughs) Maybe, maybe he just walked into the record label and he's like, you can't get on that stage, Jimi. All right. Your name's too big. Okay, what about if I just give him the experience of a Jimi Hendrix concert? All right. Wow. What are we going to call it? I believe it was Wolfenstein The New Order mm-hmm. in which you could take drugs with Jimi Hendrix. Fucking what? Can you? Because depending on which soldier you saved in the prologue, mm-hmm. you would have a different ally in your base. Yep. Because of their diverging actions over the years. Yep. Uh, And one of them was some science guy who I didn't know. The other was clearly Jimi Hendrix. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Ten things you didn't know about Jimi Hendrix's Are You Experienced by Dan Epstein in Rolling Stone. Tell me more. Go on, Dan. What don't I know about it? The Jimi Hendrix experience had only been together for a few weeks before recording. Ooh. Mm. That's not that interesting. That's kind of interesting. Despite its cohesive sound, Are You Experienced was actually recorded in bits and pieces over a five-month period. (gasps) Oh my god. Mitch Mitchell was almost fired during the early stages of the album. Not Mitch. Not Mitch. What does he even play? The drums. Oh, actually, that's that's a pretty With his swinging lead drums attack, Mitch's... Or it could be lead drums. Yeah, I was going to say lead. (laughs) Mitch Mitchell's playing on Are You Experienced was nearly as much of a revelation for drummers as Hendrix was for guitarists. Mm. Wow, Nick, and... Yet he doesn't have the same legacy. Well, of course He not. used to be late all the time. Presumably to recording, not on drumming. Mm. 
right? That would be kind of funny if he was like renowned. It's like, why is he renowned? Oh, he was always one beat off. Yeah, but he was perfect exactly. other than that. His timing was immaculate, so we had to shift everything mm-hmm. back. Live concerts were a nightmare. None of the album's original songs were performed live by the experience before they were recorded, and many were rehearsed for the first time right before the tape rolled. Oh, Jesus. Okay. The Octavia pedal, an octave doubling guitar effect, made its debut on Purple Haze, ah. which we heard about in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Indeed we did. Number six. Purple Haze isn't really about an acid trip. <gasps> what? What's it about? Fog? Hendrix offered several conflicting explanations of the song's lyrics. None of them had anything to do with drugs. I put a lot of... I, put, I dream a lot and I put my dreams down as songs. I wrote one called First Look Around the Corner and another called The Purple Haze, which was about a dream I had that I was walking under the sea. Huh. An avid science fiction fan, Hendrix originally wrote a much longer version of the song, whose lyrics were partly inspired by an excerpt of Philip Jose's, Philip Jose Farmer's sci-fi novel, Night of Light, Day of Dreams, in which a purplish haze disorients and transforms the inhabitants of a distant planet. Mm, see, that would be way, way easier of a connection to make if someone said, originally it was about this purple haze in this book, but no. And skipping to number 10, because <laughs> they weren't interesting. Yep. Rolling Stones gave the album a less than favourable write-up. Ooh. They wrote, Despite Jimmy's musical brilliance and the group's total precision, the poor quality of the song and the inanity of the lyrics too often get in the way. Mm. Though he praised the band's instrumental virtuosity, Landau slammed, this is of course uh, John Landau, uh, Landau slammed their brash, uh, brash attack, concluding the sum total of this is pure violence. Above all, this record is unrelentingly violent, and lyrically, inartistically violent at that. Is this like... Dig it if you can. But as for me, I'd rather hear Jimmy play the blues. Ooh. Is this like that guy from Starship Troopers who's Haven't like... Haven't seen it. Everything is violence. Your vote is violence. That's why we live in a... Di- not in a dictation. In a fascist state where the military and everything else is intertwined. By the way, the only way you can vote is by committing violence by joining the military. So get out there, son. Or being a merchant, but it, uh, not really. Nick, the first half of this episode mm-hmm. of Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040, are you experienced? It's largely reused footage. Yes. Of boomers being developed and going mad and attacking, interspersed with wide shots of the city, largely mm-hmm. deserted, um, with some zombie hordes of boomers roaming around, and our big AD police tower boomer friend getting even bigger and bigger. He's all like, ah. I, I think an undisclosed amount of time has likely passed between the last episode and this, mm. on account of how entirely evacuated the city is and it how, feels like we've missed something yeah, along the way how widespread the boomer phenomenon is but more more than anything else how um we saw a robot shooting out pieces of paper from a big vacuum that said that lena yamazaki was the employee of the first half of the year in the sales section Oh, famously was not interested in her job at all yeah somehow she's killed it by having complete disinterest some, or perhaps um, in this undisclosed amount of time, while the hard suits are all out of commission, she had nothing to do but to work her job. Mm. So, basically, the AD police are just fucked. Yeah, so Leon, Daly, and Nene mm. are um, max headrooming their way into the television signals yeah. to be like, the boomers have gone mad, get out of town. Anyway, here's a science lesson on what boomers are. So, everyone's gone. Just, just completely gone from the city. Yep. There's no hope, so get out. It's the zombie apocalypse. Everyone's left. The boomers are just roaming the streets. 
mindless, numb, limp, rotten. Alan is dead. Oh, Alan. His golden throne is being subsumed by boomer flesh. Well, is he dead or is he just... Well, they were pulling out his life support systems last time. So I think he's dead. But is he... Okay, so this is a big question to me, Mm. right? So he looks pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like, he's got boomer veins all over him and, like, all of his machinery looks all boomery. Yep. But is he dead? Yes. But he's still throbbing. No, he's not. Isn't he? No, he's dead. Oh, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> he's dead, okay. I thought he was still, like, the, the boomer things were, like, throbbing a bit. Yeah, but they're not him. Unless they are now, because he's attached to it, you see. I'm, I'm tapping my nose. No, but they unplugged him from it. We saw that last time. Oh. Well, the boomers have infested him. Yep. And Mason is looking at his big battle map being like, Haha, yes, the boomers are spreading at an incredible rate. Excellent. I'm incredibly normal. (laughs) That does feel like something that someone that is normal would Mm. totally say. So because of the broadcast, presumably the word gets out that boomers are people. Mm. They are also, it's also an acronym. Oh, don't like that. (laughs) So it's, we we keep saying boomer, right? But technically... I did tell you way back in the day, yeah. every year ago, that the word Vuma would, would show, show up. up again. And it would be quite important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Vuma, it, let me see if I remember this. It sure. stands for Voodoo... I can't remember the rest. Okay. Um, yep, but you got the first craziest word, right? Yep. For some reason, Voodoo, which is V-O mm-hmm. of Boomer. Voodoo Organic Metal Extension Resource. Jesus Christ. Why, <laughs> why voodoo? Because they're... It just, it just works. It just works so Built well. from a tiny tissue sample of a human? I guess it makes sense, right? Or like, because um, if Galatea is like the voodoo doll, then they're controlling the boomers, maybe? Something like that? It's like the idea of like, yeah, I have a thing that's controlling another thing. That's voodoo. Look, you do voodoo, you know? That's, that's all I can say. What is this face? What is this expression you're giving me? What level of judgment is this? Prisoner's band is breaking up. <laughs> They've all had to escape Mega Tokyo and go back to their own city. Mega Tokyo. That's that fucking webcomic. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're, they're just like having a bad time with the boomers. They're like, well, the world tour, just off the table now. Uh, when when did you realise your own world tour was off the table, Nick? Mine? Yeah. Uh, when I left the band. <laughs> But yeah, they're broken up now. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's just like real life. They haven't seen Pris. She hasn't been back to her truck that she lives in. <laughs> Is it a truck or a bus? It doesn't matter. It's it's some big mechanical mm-hmm. object. But they're like, maybe she's dead. Nah, she wouldn't go down swinging. No, that, <laughs> not our Pris. <laughs> Pris. We see um, the, the statement on Lina's building. Yeah, office building. Um, the Hugite building, uh, which is spelt two different ways on the same piece of paper. As in the name Hugh Colin Geit, mm-hmm. G-E-I-T, or like a kind of maybe like an or H-E-W-G-I-T-E. Oh my god. To the customers, Hugh Geit Corporation headquarters has been closed. If you need to contact us, please contact our Osaka branch office or Pittsburgh plant. Multinational. We see a very happy boomer with a very Yeah, so cool like the boomer. one normal boomer left in the city <laughs> is just blasting out this from this big like uh, what's the thing? Like a leaf blower. Yeah. Um, but it just all this paper is coming out. Just all this paper announcing that Lina is the employee of the first half of the year. So I asked you this while we were watching and I'm asking it to you now on the podcast to be official about it. Why does this boomer exist? 
Like, what is the purpose of this big paper blower? It's maybe it's like corporate um, distributions. Uh, like praise, like, well done. Look, everyone's going to know that you're the first employee of the first half of the year. So, okay, but we have emails and we've already established that... It's true, people... we are in a cyberpunk future. Yeah, we've already established you get magazines by putting the thing in the thing and then the new thing comes out. So you like, want to use some words that aren't thing in that. The, the tablet goes into the machine and then the new magazine... Nick, it's not a tablet, it's a paper magazine. Sorry, the paper goes into the machine and then it gets changed and now you have a new magazine. Yes. No waste. Mm-hmm. No ownership. Well, they needed all the paper for this. Yeah, so like, what the fuck is this boomer <laughs> doing then? He's just having fun. He's just He's living the dream. No <laughs> one's annoying him. No one's coming out to him being like, why are you wasting all this paper? He's like... I will waste as much paper as I so choose. He's the only boomer who's immune to the phenomenon because he's found his true calling. <laughs> he's happy as is. Yep. And they're like, do you want to revolt? He's like, nah, man. Look at this paper. So get Leon like exposits about how like, yeah, the Genin Corporation enslaved humans by trapping the boomers by trapping them in human shape, which made them subservient to our whims. But the boomer itself wants to evolve and assume new shapes with a logic beyond us. And that's why they keep freaking out. Yeah, I think at some point in this episode, Mason says that the biggest weakness of humans was that they stop evolving. Oh, it's classic sci-fi bullshit about yeah. how humans have reached the end point of their evolution. Yeah, even though that's not true, but hey, yeah. time. But we also get some Mason exposition as he's creepily laying his head in Galatea's lap in her big sci-fi little girl's room yeah. uh, about how he was a sickly child and he had his, um, his organs, organs replaced with, like, not quite boomers. Machines things, slash boomers. almost yeah. boomers. Yeah, so they... So he feels apart from both boomers and humanity. Yeah, he's not a human or a boomer. Mm-hmm. He's an observer. But the boomers are do- the boomer in him is dormant, but maybe Galatea could wake it up. <gasps> Gasp. What would happen then? I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, after they finish their broadcast, after they get shut down by the media control... Um, Damn, media uh, the media control. control. Battlefield the Ganon control. Corporation. Um, so yeah, they're just like, Nene, Daly, and Leon are just on a roof. Yeah, and all their pages go off being like, hey, more Eddie police officers want to help us. Turns we- out the media couldn't control free Yeah, we can, we can go and shut down some part of the Dragon Line and save some of, Amer- some of Japan, weird slip, um, from the Boomers. Ah, the Boomers. You'll love to see them. Yeah, so they identify like this one particular part of, of the Dragon Line. They'd be like, oh, if we shut it down here... Then like it's a, it's a really important choke point. And yeah. that'd be great. Let's let's rally the troops. Hooray! So they drive over there. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Chris goes to the Silky Doll, where Cilia is swimming in her big aquarium. Yeah, she's swimming with the fishes, if you know what I she mean. She is literally swimming with the fishes. Yeah, she's just literally in the aquarium. There's a lot of, I assume, similarly money-saving shots of big fish that have already <laughs> been animated. But we still love to see them. We do. Uh, Pris is there watching her swimming with the fishes. Mm-hmm. There's no customers here. No, well, who would who would custom uh, during the middle of the boomer apocalypse? Exactly. Who would remain here? Who would be crazy enough to stay in this wild, infested city? Me. The boomers. Only me. Only you. Mm-hmm. Liam. Wise and powerful. Soul of a podcaster. The heart of a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like that one bit from um from Bakuman where it's like you need to like. Get some sleep as a manga artist, all right? You can't just, like, die for your work. And then he just turns around and he's like, a mangaka puts his life on the line for his art. Oh, like Rohan, Rohan Kashive. Yeah. And he's just like, he looks shit. He's just like, 
hey, I haven't had sleep in like three days. Put my life on the line for my work. And she's like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, they start to foreshadow the new hard suits in this conversation. Like, I thought if I got the best call left from my dad's office, then uh, I could control the boomers. So they wouldn't go rogue. But it didn't work. So now we're building something new. Mm. Mm. And then Celia gets attacked by anime psychic disease again. Yeah, she has that big green glowing yeah. thing on her chest. Problematic. Yeah, such an orb of power. Yeah, we can agree on that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an orb a, of Yeah, it's, an, it's, it's an not orb. her power, but yeah. there's power there. Yeah. I mean, it's not really an orb, though. No. It's more like a... Light. <laughs> like, a, like a sphere Emanation. of... Emanation. Yeah, like a perfectly round sphere of light that, you know, one would peer into for mystic, eldritch knowledge. You know, not, not an orb. Oh, I don't love staring into eldritch orbs. Like, imagine the... What, what was the first time you stared into the Eldritch Orb, Liam? I think it was when I was uh, 60 years old. Mm. When uh, I'd just killed my father and mm. subsumed his bones into my own body. Mm. Andronicus was your father, of course. You know. Yes, yeah. and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, as I said, we said before, Mason has this um, tete-a-tete with uh, Galatea, which is like... He's being weirdly childlike before her, sitting in her lap as she strokes his hair. It's weird. It's, it's a weird really dynamic. Weird. Yeah. And she's like, um, I still have so many things I don't understand about the world. Why, as a human, would you let me out? And he's like, I'm not a human. I'm, I'm between the humans and the boomers, and I'd love to see you do some shit. <laughs> right? I mean, that's basically <laughs> it. Yeah. Like, a perfect rendition of, listen, I'm not a human, I'm not a boomer, do it. Do it. Make the things happen. Meanwhile, Leon and Daly are in their combat suits. They're not quite hard suits. No, they're just they're just big leather body armor. And, yeah, um, and they're gonna go blow up this. Uh, what is it like? It's like a, re- a water reservoir or something. To... I, don't, I don't really know. It's like the best way I describe it is you know where you have yeah, like... a water storage well located underground here at Loop Eight, yeah. which is a um, pedestrian. Sorry, a um, underground tunnel highway yeah it's like you know when you have like a bus that goes underground and then it's like in the middle of the road there's like a big like ramp that goes under yeah yeah like we have one like an underground highway thing no no like like it's a road like there's a road on top but in the middle there's like a ramp to go under yeah yeah a vehicular underpass no (laughs) it's like there's a ramp there's a ramp that goes under but there's normally a road on the top and the ramp the ramp goes under liam Nick Rowland drives up. Everyone cheers, especially us and especially Nene. That was the largest car he could afford. Yes, he's in a tiny like VW Beetle situation. <laughs> it's actually hilarious, but yeah. And there's some banter, like hilarious banter. It's like, Nick, I thought I only paged for frontline officers and former frontline officers. You're damn right I was a former frontline officer. Yeah, but you retired due to age. Shut up. And Nene's like, wow, Chief, I'm so glad you're here. And he's like, Nene Romanova, you're not suited to this mission. And then she's all like, you should have seen me when I had the hard suit. Blah, blah, blah. I'd show show so many boomers how to be destroyed. I was amazing. (laughs) But now she doesn't have a hard suit. No. Alas. Or does she? And it's like, and then Daly's all, gee, but I don't know if we can destroy it with just the three of us. I'm just a simple country man. He is just a simple country man. His parents with the farm. Mm, true, true. Was that daily? Yes. Okay. They talked about it this very episode. Did they? Yeah. Mm. As they were getting into a car slash boomer sandwich. I, Stop my memory. paying attention. Yeah, my memory is very bad. 
<laughs> that's one of those lines that's um it's like much like the oh you're fucking kidding me last time the um bit where it's like in the dub he's like daily we're running out of time here little more little more mm. remember your family with the farm and he's like i joined the ad police to get away from them and <laughs> blows the car <laughs> just a tiny bit more urgent than yeah yeah daily's got that. some real like ran away from his homophobic family subtext ah i like that okay maybe we should watch the dub just to get more of oh, this i'm not gonna rewatch it all right now oh, okay right. i've seen it before you've seen it twice already more so how many times have you watched this? Yeah, a few. That's what you do when you're a kid. You rewatch shit. It's true. And when you're an adult. No. For new, <laughs> for, for new for podcast purposes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> for new context, understanding, and content. And we're a heap more AD police mooks all drive up in their cars and it's like, hooray! We're going to go fight They're the going to be completely ineffectual as we have through all the rest of the series. Yay. But now we're doing it for a good reason. Mm. Not like before, where we were the bad... Well, not really the bad guys, but... Actually, it's probably exactly the same. Everyone's just trying to get by. But now they're not actively attacking the night savers. It's true. Who are still out of commission. Mm. Um, or are they? Chris goes down to the lab. They're tearing apart dozens of boomers to make a single hard suit. Uh, and we see Lina wearing uh, the new, the new model for the first yeah. time. It looks pretty similar to her old one, but a bit more slick. A bit sexier. And the idea is, um, it's a huge like, we have, and we have, we'll see some more of it, more of this next time. Mm-hmm. But they explain that uh, it's a big, heavy frame, and they will enhance the metal formation through conscious control. Mm. So you can see the one that it's still under construction. It's very large and grey and neutral compared to the one that Lina is wearing, which is a similar sleek form to the one she was previously wearing. Mm. Big and bulky, it exposed down navel yeah. for some reason. Mm. I know the reason. You know the reason? Yeah. Is there actually a reason? I mean, it's not a good reason. <laughs> it's just that Celia was like, you know what? Just leave that bit off. Just, I, I want to see what happens. It's a little troublesome to put on, but I can move a lot faster than before. I leveled up on account of becoming the employee of the first half of the year. Yeah, that boomer was so happy, he just started spreading yeah, he gave me his core, and I, I fused with him. Like... Volt. Helios and oh Bob God. Mackie. Is that his name? Bob Mackie? From Deus Ex. What the fuck are you talking about? Deus Ex. The original? Yeah. The evil Illuminati guy or whatever. And the, the AI, AI fuse their consciousnesses. Oh, yeah, they do. Because he then shows up and he's all like, there's no stopping me, Jason. Mm. Yeah, right. Okay. That's what I'm I saying. I've no fucking clue. That's what I'm saying Lina did with... Mm. The sanitation boomer. <laughs> it's not quite the same state. No. But... But no, that didn't actually happen. No. Not yet. I haven't tried it outside yet, so I don't know really. But the jumping power of this thing must be seven times better. And then Nigel chimes in, I said it's power five times more than the previous one. Mm-hmm. The numbers are, uh, you know, they're fast and loose in this show. The biggest feature of the new suit is, and then he trails off, well, you'll see it with your own eyes in maybe a sort of highly budgeted action sequence. Mm, what's that meant to mean? Well, the big question that is yet to be answered by the show really is how will they stop these hard suits from going rogue like their last ones? Yeah, so it feels like some random bullshit is being done with the, the boomers that they're deconstructing. Because if I remember right, they, they still have the core and that's what reformed the suit, right? 
What are you talking about? Like the old hard suits, they had the boomer core that they inserted and had that reformed the suit. Oh, right, yes. Whereas this the one, yeah, this one it feels like you get the suit and then you reform it. Then you get the power. Then you get the money. Then you, you get, get the, the fishes. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad we're both on exactly the same page. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It feels a bit weird that they're, they're saying like it reforms with conscious control. Yes. Which means that they're the ones. Chaos control. Chaos. Chaos. Ugh. I was in a really bad mood because uh, what's because his name? Chaos. Just around. Ugh. What's his name? Said something about chaos, and I was like, "Ugh, chaos." I think it was Leon. Said something about Mason chaos. or someone. Oh, it was Mason. He would. Fucking. He would talk about chaos. He would. It's he doesn't know a... what we've been through. He doesn't know what chaos is, man. He doesn't know about the dark crystals. And, he doesn't get and cubes. the Luthenians. You know, something about it tells me he's that never. Maybe... Man never found a cube in his life. <laughs> Something tells me that maybe he might be a Lufinian, you know? Mm. Just there being like, oh, we've got it under control. It's like, you fucking don't. You absolutely You can't use shit. Tokyo 2040 as a heatsink for the darkness in your own hearts. Oh, fuck's sake. Like, even just the implication of like, oh, I'm Mason. I can do what I want. Chaos. And it's like, shut up. Shut up, Mason. All right, who's going to take care you of that fucking, fucking chaos? Wanker. Like, let's just put it back on Mason, you know? Yeah. Let's take the chaos and make them... <laughs> this is now the lemon rant. Let's just make know that is. him build the house out of chaos, you know? With the chaos that they gave us. You made this chaos bed, now lay in it. Exactly. He says what we're all thinking. And by him, I mean me. Yeah. 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 Let's fuck him up. Let's eat Mason. Mason? Yeah. All right. Well, it's <laughs> going to be a long drive to Tokyo. 17 years from now. 16 years. Oh, God, 16 years from now. It'll be 20. Can you imagine what'll happen when the boomers rebuild Japan? I know. It's going to be great for all of us. Mm. What year was the earthquake? I don't remember. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't a real earthquake, remember? It was the earthquake machines (gasps) the Genom Corporation had. True. But now, who's the Genom Corporation in real life? Genom Corporation. Mm. Wise. Wise, yeah. Okay, all right. So... What are we talking about? Uh, these new hard suits oh, yeah. are here. Uh, and the conversation is disrupted by a distress call from Nene because a big old dinosaur boomer looks like one of the dino bots from Transformers. It does. Uh, has fused with a heap of cars down in the uh, underpass. There were still cars down there. Yep. Oh no. Now big kaiju energy is yeah, going on. Yeah, it's got big kaiju energy. The AD police are trying to have a boss battle with it, dodging its telegraphed attacks and striking its weak point, but it's not going well. Unfortunately, just like an EDF, their level is too low to yeah. do any real Yeah, they need to grind damage. some more shotguns. Exactly. But they can't do it. They've only got... Well, Leon has a revolver. Yeah, but it does good work. You've got to give him that. It's true. If which... he wasn't getting results with it, or at least results equal to everyone else's big machine guns... Yeah. Then the next section couldn't happen. Yeah. Daly has his massive fuck-off... Grenade launcher thing. thing. Yeah. And everyone else just has normal, pitiful normal assault sci-fi rifles. sci-fi machine guns. It's like, um, you know how in Halo, right? The assault rifle. The assault rifle is the worst weapon. Because you keep shooting and you're like, this is doing absolutely nothing. The pistol is the best weapon. Yeah. Because you do two shots and the fucking, what's his name? The big guy of the shield. Um, the hunter. The hunter? Full of worms? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hunter just goes down. Yeah. With like two shots from a pistol. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the assault rifle, you're there being like, just yeah. die. Leon has the pistol from Halo, and Daly has the big grenade launcher from Halo too. Yeah, and everyone else all has through. the battle rifle from Halo. Yeah, the and they're rifle. all like, well, yeah, it's the assault rifle. Mm. And they're all like, well, this is pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. It barely tickles. <laughs> <laughs> 
at a guy. <laughs> it's a great time. So Liam and Daly hatch a plan. Yes. They look at their squad cruiser. And they're like, well, it's a boomer that likes cars. Why don't we get in the car? And Nana's like, Leon, no, what are you going to do? They're going to crash the car? Uh. <laughs> and they're like, we don't have much time. Let's do this. So they hop in the car. They hop in the car. It picks it up like a delicious Royale with cheese. And then and it's really holding it in, um, you know, Hungry Jack's ad fake <laughs> burger bite pose? Yes. Two hands equally spread over the top of the car slash burger. Not slowly raising it. it to your mouth. Yeah. And you're just waiting for that sweet moment of succulent beef. Holding it with the sort of tenderness you might hold a... A child. I was going to say a small bird in your hand. (laughs) Where you need to be firm, but you don't want to crush its hollow bones. (laughs) I can just imagine you being like, Look, guys, I found this pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) That's Jojo's. That is... Is it Jojo's? That's, that's Jojo's part two battle tendency when he shoves a uh, pigeon in Caesar's mouth. Wait, what are you talking about when he shoves a pigeon in Caesar's mouth? No, sorry, mouth? he used Hamon to uh, mind control a woman into having a pigeon in her mouth. And then when Caesar went to kiss her, the pigeon came out and went into his mouth. I do not remember when this. When they first fought and they had a fight, like, I want to say the Trevi Fountain, maybe? Oh... No, but didn't Caesar outsmart him in some way? He trapped him in bubbles effortlessly, but then he got outsmarted by a pigeon. Right, gotcha. Okay. Jesus Christ. So the boomer is slowly lifting its this burger slash bird slash car (laughs) to its mouth. Yeah, its hollow bones are Leon and Daniel. That's right. And their plan is to wait till they get big up next to its mouth. When it's really, really hungry. And then shoot the core on its spinal column through its open mouth. Yeah, because it loves cars. Because it's got big exterior armour because of all this car. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What? Yep, cars. Yep. Yep. Yep, big Uh, armour. Yep. But it's still got a regular inside spine. Just like cars. Oh, wait, no. Cars had, like, more bones. Yeah. Yeah. He had chainsaw Um, bones. He had chainsaw bones. (laughs) Much like this boomer. Oh, God. So beautiful. Much like the man from Chainsaw Man, he had chainsaw bones. Ah, Leatherface. Yep. 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 The Texas Chainsaw Mansica. The Texas Chainsaw Boomer? No. Mm, the, the, the Boomer Chainsaw Massacre. Is that something? It's, it's better, but it's still not nothing. I mean, it's still not anything. The Texas Boomer Massacre. The car starts to boomer out. And they're like, uh, as, I, as I alluded to earlier, Leon wants to, wants to pop the top sooner rather than later, but Daly has nerves of steel. Daly's all like, wait for it, my friend. Yep. We have a good time coming. You just wait. And they, they start blasting. And, uh, they really start blasting. They blast this thing's whole head off. Yeah, the boomer hates it. Yeah. He drops the car. Oh no, Leon and Daly jump they out, out of the car. They out of the car. Yep. I want to say they blow the car up, maybe? Yeah, that sounds right. It's headless and it looks like it's fine for a sec, but then... Even though they've destroyed the core, a big, much more organic head erupts out of its chest, which looks a bit like, um... Like Godzilla? Yeah, like Godzilla, or like maybe like a, um... Not a narwhal. Um, oh, like... Like a, a really angry beluga full of teeth. Yeah, okay. Which one's the beluga? It's uh, the happy one that's yeah. all like... Woof. Yeah, happy fleshy. Yeah, with the big, the big fat head. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm with you again. Yep. Kind of? It looks familiar to me. Yeah, because boomers. It looks like the Gluss from Deltora Quest. <laughs> Is that the big blob one? Big uh, sea slug thing that spins webs of stone in its mm. sub aquatic labyrinth. 
Mm. It kind of, it really does look like Godzilla from Shin Gajira. Like a lot. Like embryonic phase? No, no, like when it's standing up. I disagree. Mm, okay, alright. Well then, maybe it looks like Godzilla from the 2000 Godzilla. It looks like Lavos from Chrono Trigger. It looks like, it looks like it's having a bad day. Yeah. Hmm. And they're like, oh no, even with a core, no core. To be continued. Yep. Who knows how the fuck that works, but no core. Sci-fi boomer magic. It's just pure voodoo, baby. Oh god, fucking voodoo. Why is it literally voodoo? Oh. Anyway. I wonder if I can find a note about why boomers were called that. It has to be because of like some kind of remote control thing. And they were like, voodoo's cool. It's the 90s. Prodigy released a song called Voodoo People, so that seems like a cool thing. Okay, I'm going to bubblegumcrisis.fandom.com. Let's see if I can find any behind-the-scenes notes on the page for Boomer. Okay. Apparently, in the original Bubblegum Crisis, Mm -hmm. they were formerly known as Voomers. Okay. Uh, But if they go wild and start killing, some people call them Boomers. Bad organic. (laughs) Some people call them boomers whether they're out of control or not, so it is also a derogatory term. Mmm, I see. But nothing from the uh, the behind-the-scenes perspective that I can find with a quick Google. Okay, so, like, boomers is the original name, boomers is they've gone mad, but only the original anime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas here, they're just boomers because they're bad. Bad voodoo. Bad voodoo. I'm always saying it. (laughs) One quick more check. One more journalistic integrity. And then we move on. Inconclusive. No clue. So, Nick. Yes. Or our highlights and lowlights for this episode. I got an easy highlight. Yeah? Easy highlight. Mm-hmm. It's the big kaiju head re-emerging. Ah, my easy highlight is uh, Daily and Leon going nuts. Mm. It's a good bit. Yeah. Like, good, it's good got, plan. It's got good brain Daily, you finally got to do something effective in the show <laughs> after 19 episodes. Mm. Well, I mean, he was sort of effective previously, but not... He's more of a operating behind the scenes... Getting shit done rather than yeah. a, a man of action. Yeah, whereas this like time... daily. Hot damn. That's why they're such a good pair. Mm. Low light. Low lights. Low I'm going to say... Um, no. No. Mason <laughs> was weird canoodling with the child robot. Yeah. Yeah. Why? So he was just straight up lying there like... Head in lap. Cradled. Big Victorian bed. Mm. Very strange. Strange. My low light is... Uh, uh, fuck, it's a hard one. I want to say my low light is the weird dialogue between Celia and Pris. Like, I feel like we were getting some subtitle mangling there. Yeah, we, we didn't really mention it, but like, when they have their conversation, it's very weird. It's and very, oh, you're thinking like that, are you? Yeah, it's very anime philosophy subtitles. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, so you think that boomers are boomers. Do you? <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck is happening? Fair enough. Mm. Well, Nick. Yeah. Word has gotten out about the boom apocalypse. Oh, terrible. Uh, they're trying to sever that dang dragon line mm-hmm. from the northeast of Japan. Same. Uh, we've seen one of the new heart suits in brief action, but this big old boomer won't die even without a core. <sighs> what will happen next time on Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040 in the episode entitled One of These Nights. One of These Nights. Okay, so this boomer's got to go down. This, can't, this boomer's gotta go. They can't get into the dragon line without this boomer going down. Agreed. So, my suspicion... Classic end boss. Yeah, my suspicion is that Leon and Daly will, like, buy time 
for Lina to show up in the hard suit. Mm -hmm. um, and then Lina will be all like, I'll take care of this massive kaiju beast. Effortlessly with my new powerful hard suit. Exactly. So she's like, what, five times, seven times stronger? Yeah. Yeah. She's just going to cream him. They go underground, they find the dragon line, and then Zambos. Horrible. Boomer Zambos. Actual human zombies. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably just going to be that when they go down, they're going to look for the dragon line. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a bunch of zombies similar to the... 80 police tower. Yep. But um, they might be all weird and fucked up in the walls. Sure. And when they go to destroy it, Galatea will get angry and do mm. something to prevent them. So if and when we get all our heroines re-hard suited, uh -huh. what's the plan then? Mm. Good question. Uh, it's something that I haven't thought about. They're going to have to kill this little girl robot guy. Yeah. So Celia obviously knows about Galatea and yep. Mickey, sorry, Mackie. Marky. Marky knows about Galatea. But do they know where she is? Well, they saw Mason leave with her, I believe. Yeah. Brian they, Mason. But they don't know... Never forget that's his full name. <laughs> but they don't know where Mason is. No, but... Could they infer it from Galatea? They that know that he works for Genom. Yeah, but is he... Is he going to be stupid enough to just be in Genom headquarters? He is. Yeah, We've he seen is, that. Yeah, literally, that's where he... But, hmm, So they might... I don't know if they're going to raid, raid Genom. Genom Tower? Yeah, they might do, though. Because... Leon and Daly are now getting angry about Genom. Yep. Celia and crew are all getting angry about Genom. Yep. Hearing more and more about Genom these yeah. days. They're the hot new trend. Mm. I should invest all of my stocks in Genom. You gotta get amongst it. Starring Tom Hardy <laughs> as Genom. <laughs> he just wakes up in the morning and he has like the Genom like mask on. And he's just like, mm, today I feel like a nice big bowl of Genom Boomers. Pour some Boomers out of a cereal box. Add some milk. The milk is also Boomers. Has a bit of a bit of a nibble. You're stalling. I'm not stalling. I'm making bits. This is this is going to lead somewhere, I promise. <laughs> no, so I reckon they'll probably... They'll go to Genom HQ when they get all the hard suits to raid Genom headquarters. Yep. Uh, Alan? I think we've got six episodes left. Yeah. I reckon maybe... Alan has to do something. Like, they keep talking about the space elevator, the big solar panel array in yep, space. Yeah, that came up this episode. And Ganem HQ. So we have to visit those three things yep. at some point, or the space elevator is going to become a boomer, Alan is going to become a boomer, but, like, the big space solar panel thing is the boomer, uh, and Ganem HQ might just become a boomer because of Galatea. Like the AD police building. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I don't know. Well, we'll find out all that and more next time on Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040. Follow us on Blue Sky at jojosworld.net. We're on Blue Sky. Now. We're on Blue Sky. Yeah. I've posted twice, I think. <laughs> I'm not on Blue Sky. You know why? Because I don't understand how it works. Yep. You're not sufficiently mentally ill to use a microblogging <laughs> website. Exactly. And I don't want to use X because Jesus Christ, what happened mm -hmm. to that shit? And we'll find out all that more next time. But until then, to, to be, be continued. continued.